0: Hey everyone, Louie from Kick the Jukebox here. Just wanted to let you know that what you're listening to is the podcast version of Kick the Jukebox with shorter music clips. If you want to listen to the whole shebang, visit our show page at kpiss.fm. That's k p i s . f m. Okay, thanks for listening, and bombs away! <laughs> Kick the Jukebox is so much fun Kyle and Louie are number one Kicking a
1: rhyme, talking about music all the time. Oh, yeah!
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Kick the Jukebox. I'm Louis Perlman.
1: I'm Kyle Gordon.
0: And here we are broadcasting out of beautiful K Piss Studios, the Golden Stream uh
1: here right here in a historic punk alley Kyle how you feeling oh I'm feeling so good I'm here in New York City New York aka the capital city of the United States that's and right I'm so excited to be here uh, for our first K piss episode we're gonna be here every other Sunday at 6 p.m. this is the most important moment of your life so just keep mark your calendars send a Google invite to your nephews and Tune in.
0: Okay, cool, cool, cool. So uh, you were just away, right? Yes.
1: So uh, tell me what's going on. Yeah, this is a fresh story. So um, I actually just, uh, this is very relevant. So I actually spent uh, yesterday with my girlfriend's uh ma my girlfriend and her mom in sunny nyack new york city of dreams and there's a nice record store there i want to plug it's called um main street beat there's a lot of really cool vinyl there i got a sylvester lp uh with the classic song you make me feel mighty real and uh the woman behind the counter said great choice and i just came and I masturbated uh later in the day thinking about that and then I came back from (laughs) Nyack and I was just on the train uh on the way back and uh it was a very crowded train and this young boy who was of 10 years was sleeping (laughs) on the train and he (laughs) was 10 years of 10 a young boy of 10 years was sleeping on the train he was like kind of taking up two seats but he's a 10 years old boy so everyone kind of left him alone and then this old man oh
0: my god came i'm loving this he
1: came he came by and he 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 was freaking out and he snapped in the boy's face for him to wake up he's like wake up wake up and the the woman's the boy's mother who was beautiful the whole family was just stunningly beautiful (laughs) and uh she was like no i'm he's not getting off here he's sleeping and he was like "Ah!" and the old man was like i need to sit down with my wife esther and his wife's real name was Esther, and so the woman was like, "Okay, okay, young boy, just come sit with your mother, and I'll keep you safe and warm." And as the boy's leaving, the man's already like trying to put his bag up onto the uh, thing where you can place your bag. If anyone knows Metro <laughs> North, and the bag falls on the boy's head, and he starts crying. Yeah,
0: I'd cry too if a bag a, fell on my head.
1: But like he dropped, and this was—it was a horrifying experience. Um, and that's where I'm at right now.
0: Oh, Kyle, I'm sorry. Yeah, but, uh... Are you okay? Have you calmed down?
1: Oh, yeah. I I mean, it was pretty funny, actually, too, but, um, it was, uh... Yeah, it was just... It was stunning what this (sighs) old man did. Um, but, uh... This this is why most of my personal relationships
0: aren't with people, they're with songs. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Because Uh, songs never let you down.
1: Yeah, and songs never, um... drop a bag on a young boy's head.
0: No, I mean, sometimes a good song, it feels like a bag is being dropped on your head, but in a good way. Yeah, that's true. You know, or that classic you know funk song you dropped a bag on me
1: <laughs> You dropped you dropped a bag <laughs> yeah, exactly. on me um well let's let's talk about a little bit about what the show is so what we do here every every other week we're here and we're going to talk about another album of music um i think we're going to try to maybe do something uh maybe that you haven't heard or underappreciated mm-hmm. uh art so, and
0: stuff that we really love stuff
1: that i mean first yeah. and foremost stuff that we really love yeah um, We I'd say at the end of the day We love pop music Like
0: It's interesting though I mean Because here's the thing Is like We do love pop music But we really Like Pop music That sort of existed When we were either children Or before we were born Yes Yeah um,
1: Yeah I would say so Yeah So this is like Classic pop yeah. Classic pop Um, And pure pop, too, I think, for the most part. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Classic pure pop. But we also have a real hankering for, like, punk music. Yeah. uh, But I think a lot of... music. But anything that's melodic and has a groove, I think, is sort of stuff we're into.
1: Yes, yes. I would say melodic, groovy, um, and, uh, like, really classic, catchy pop songwriting rather than... um, virtuosity, um, I'd say that would be the thing. Hey, taking a pic.
0: We're, we're trying to take a selfie so that it can be posted on K pisses social media. We were asked Okay, to do here this. we go. Uh, so here we go. We're gonna going to pause for a selfie. This, this is, is going, going on the internet.com. Yeah. Going on internets.com. Here we go. Eee. E- e- okay. Uh, that looks like it actually worked. Great. Woohoo! Uh, yeah, you know, um, it's interesting, yeah. I mean, this show, definitely, it seems like we like stuff that's a little a little older, you know? For sure. Um, and that being said, <laughs> normally what we do to start the show uh, when we were in our podcast format is we talked about, well, what are you listening to recently? And mm-hmm.
1: uh, Kyle, what have you been listening to recently? So uh, I think this is also relevant to um, our show today, but... Uh, I, the song I wanted to talk about was Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves Everyone knows that Let's listen to it a little yeah, bit yeah Let's take a little listen.
2: Stand my whole life.
0: All right, that was Walking on
1: Sunshine by (laughs) beautiful Katrina and the Waves. Kyle, why do you like this song so much? Well, for a number of reasons. I'll try to keep it brief, but for one thing, uh, I went with my coworkers to this room. um, To a room? So To a room where it's called the Wrecking Club in... uh, in Manhattan and it's a place where you could just go with your coworkers and you just destroy things. Like you get to get, they give you like a mallet and a crowbar bar and you can just like destroy a printer or destroy a, um, like glasses and things like that. It was amazing. Um, it's, I don't understand how they get away with it, but, uh, I was making a playlist, and my coworker Fred, who's a big gabagoo, he just wanted us. <laughs> he was like, he was like, he was like, man, there's, he's like, there's no, um, there's no uh, Lincoln Park on here, um, and he, he's a disgusting guy with a PlayStation hat. Um, uh, uh, but uh, so but that how ha- dare we judge him by his PlayStation hat? Uh, no, I don't. He, he, <laughs> he okay. So let me clarify. He happens to wear a PlayStation hat, which is hideous, and he's a disgusting monster who listens to Ben Shapiro. So, uh right. Um. So that's that. But uh. So he was so like, you you go to a room where you're gonna smash things. B- there's all these cliches of what you listen to and like, you know, rap rock or whatever, uh, which I'm not opposed to. But you know, uh, but I put this song <laughs> We're on. Come
0: off as being music
1: stuff. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah,
0: God. <laughs> which, which we really try not to be at no, all. No, no, yeah. uh,
1: off the air. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, like, cause, cause rap rock hasn't gotten it. You know, like they just haven't really. Who, who's roasted them? You know what I mean? They got off so easy. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, but, anyways, I put this song on because I really. This is like a violent. I yes, don't know. It's it,
0: aggressive. It's
1: really aggressive, and it's, it's, it's so kind of amazing. Yeah, it's so sugary and um, like saccharine that it makes me angry and vi- like that. Was when when I listening to that song, I did more damage than at any other time during the day. And I uh, the reason I thought of it is because I always remember. Uh, is, I mean, it's used in a million movies, but my favorite use uses uh, <laughs> in the movie. Um, American Psycho. Yeah, yeah, right after he commits his first murder, um, he he's going back to work, and they play "Walking on Sunshine." And I remember I used to be obsessed with that movie, and I l- listened to the director's commentary. Yeah, and she was like, "It's stri- a
0: good, it's a good film." Yeah, female it's a, directed, female directed. Tom Tom
1: Club on the soundtrack can't oh, go wrong, yeah. uh, and uh, True Faith. Uh, on that soundtrack, yes. which was...
0: Uh, Produced by pro- Stephen Hay. Yes. Yeah. who we're going to talk about was the producer for our album of the week, yes. uh, Fur, by Jane Whedland.
1: Yeah. Um, but... Uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and and she was like, yeah, I. he was like, she, her strategy is pretty simple. Like, I, I follow up, um, like, really dark scenes with very light, frothy scenes. So, like, yeah. right after that uh like very dark scene um he comes back into the office and he's got uh walking on sunshine playing in his headphones and it's just like i don't know i just think of it as a violent song and i love violence <laughs> no no no, you know what it
0: reminds me of? Uh I feel like it was used when I was a kid in a lot of car commercials on the radio. <laughs> really? Like that's yeah, like that's mm-hmm. sort of one of my big associations with the song is like is like it's the Labor Day special. <laughs> <You> <laughs> <know>? <laughs> yeah. Zero <laughs> 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 yeah. percent down financing for the first six months on your <laughs> new Acura. That you know like So, you know, but it's it's aggressive and also it sort of represents a trend in late 80s pop music Mm. to take the horn section Mm. away from ska music and and away from soul and repurpose it for sort of insidious uses, (laughs) but definitely influenced by soul, Motown. You know, like, that's where that punchy horn section comes from. But, like, could it be any whiter than when it's with Katrina and the Waves? Oh, my
1: God. I mean, it's... uh, Well, I think they were, like, half British, and I think they were kind of, like... I don't know. I think they were kind of, like, played with, like, madness and those type of bands. Yeah.
0: So... Do you know that? Did you do... I'm just wondering did you research into that? Or no, but you just just are
1: assuming. I'm assuming that and also I remember watching You're like
0: one of the fucking specials in that <laughs> band like obviously.
1: <laughs> I just remember I think my, what I thought is I think I've seen the video for Walking on Sunshine and it reminded me a lot of the video for Madness's Our House and so maybe that's where I'm getting that. But also I bet you it's true.
0: Interesting. Yes, I'm guessing it is true as well. Kyle, no no no, I'm glad you brought in the song. It's it's it really does take me back, and I feel mm-hmm. like it was so overplayed in its time... Oh, God. ...that we very rarely hear it now. Yeah. So, you know, on a, on a you know, underground punk uh, streaming station called K-Piss, mm-hmm. I'm very happy that the first song that we played is Walking <laughs> yeah, on right, Sunshine the first, yeah. by Katrina in The way. I think that's
1: perfect. <laughs> I think it's perfect. Uh, I think we nailed it. Yeah. I nailed it. I can just leave.
0: Oh, yeah. Goodbye! Um. All right, so... <laughs> what did you listen to? What have you been listening oh, to? Oh, man. So, you know... Uh, I'll just play a little bit of this first, and then we'll talk about it. I took, like, copious
1: notes on this song. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah, this is uh, a song from 1979. It's by Giorgio Morador, who's one of my absolute major, major idols. And it is called I Want to Rock You. All right, there's that track. Whoa. <laughs> you know what I loved about that song? What? The funk. Uh, it is really funky, right? It's got yeah. a killer, killer groove to it. Yeah, that... Uh... This was not a single, oh, which is shocking.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah, I was... Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I was gonna, gonna say it's long but I mean it's the disco I mean th- disco th- singles were like 14 <laughs> yeah, minutes yeah, yeah, long exactly. like <laughs> yeah. you know
0: yeah like the single version a lot of Giorgio's other like singles he did with Donna Summer yeah, like, were like minutes. very very long right. yeah like Love to Love You Baby and all that stuff
1: which I just got on vinyl from Main Street Beat and Nyackney oh or, my god you did is yeah. that one of the
0: other things you bought yeah oh man The they single? had good
1: disco's they're, no uh, the, the LP oh great like, Love to Love You Baby is all side one yeah it's and all then, side one yeah the, uh, I didn't know what's on the other one okay so I mean we're really jumping
0: ahead of ourselves mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know who Giorgio Mordor is um, he was a primarily a producer in the 70s although he actually got his start as a bubblegum rock singer in, in Germany mm. in the late 60s um, and uh, he was fascinated with uh, electronic music technology basically when no one else was right so he's considered basically the father slash grandfather of um, electronic music uh, mm-hmm. and electronic dance music. As you could tell from that track. Oh. So, yeah. Uh, so that track, which has such an amazing groove to it. It's, yeah. It is just, it's banging. Insatiable. It is insatiable. It is, it is. It's, you know, when he sings all night long, it's like, you know, I want to rock you <laughs> all all night long. It's kind of like, you know, maybe he's talking about sex like most songs are, but maybe he's just talking about playing that song for like the <laughs> yeah, entire yeah. night. like, yeah. And
1: that might be better than sex. It's you like know? tempting, like. You don't think I can play this groove for the next three and a half yeah, hours? And you're gonna love it? Like yeah. you know, and like it's funny and it
0: definitely sort of approximates that feel at a club in that way. You know, like I was just seeing George, I saw Giorgio a few, oh, a few weeks ago, yes. uh, which was great. And um, before that, uh, Holy Ghost DJed, who were, who were fine, but <laughs> they played this, they did a mix of Controversy by Prince. Oh, really? that was at least 15 <laughs> minutes long. Yeah. And one of my friends was like, I, I, cannot stand this anymore <laughs> and i was like i could hear this for at least another 20 minutes <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, i was about
1: to say that sounds kind of fun
0: it was great yeah and i feel like that's sort of the mode of of how giorgio was working so okay so uh, some fun facts about this song before we leave it behind this song was from an album called e equals mc square which oh. was uh it was oh kyle's having a coughing I'm fit coughing. are All you right, okay I'm kyle back. okay good kyle's back yeah. so it's uh from a Album called E Equals MC Square, which was uh, released uh, in the year that was the 100th uh, anniversary of Einstein's birth. Oh, okay. Yep. And it is the first album
1: that was played. I'm sure, I'm sure everyone all year couldn't stop talking about it. I know. That. Oh,
0: did you know it was 100 years? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, of course, Giorgio's a big geek. So he encountered one of the first digital tape recorders that recorded digitally two-track, right, in 1978, 79. Crazy. And he was like, I'm going to create an album (laughs) that is going to be sequenced and played completely live, and then I'm going to record it digitally. So this is is the first... uh, live to digital tape recorded album. That's nuts. Yeah, you know, because he was very innovative and he was really into Mm. the technology of music and and how music works. I'm I'm
1: kind of a novice on the technology side, but is that a thing people do live to digital? I mean, I feel like the whole point of digital is that you can just like, you know, Pro Tools. Now, yes,
0: certainly. You know, you could record a live show digitally, you know, for a release or whatever, but at the time it was him in the studio and he was recording to two tracks, which means that Basically, he couldn't do a lot of multi-tracking on it. So almost all of that that we just heard was live. Other than Yeah, which is really cool. Apparently, some overdubs uh, and, like, I think an extra sequencer section were not live. He overdubbed them later. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I don't know exactly if you can, like, uh, you know, hear it on the digital copy of this. Mm. But... If you listen on vinyl, uh, when the vinyl copies of this, uh, you know, you can find them, you know, pretty easily at stores. I found one. This has such a, it, it's just this nice, pure sound. Like, uh, you it, do it have it on vinyl? I think? do. That's how Ooh. I discovered this song because this song is basically not available digitally. I had to rip it Ooh. off of YouTube yeah, for this broadcast. Yeah, I was broadcast.
1: looking at Spotify. I couldn't find it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's why uh, you know that's why it's it's a little bit of a, a deep cut, but it's worth tracking down. And yeah. this album is just so well mixed. You would just at a
1: party, everyone will thank you. And I pl-
0: I played it at your party. I know, it was and a blast. everybody went crazy. <laughs> yeah, all the people that were on your roof,
1: it was you it know was.
0: listened for a second <laughs> and then went back to their drinks and their cups. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was, no, it's it's a banger, and. Um, yeah, this is this is one this is a gem that you just love to whip out.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is going to be in my DJ arsenal for years to come. <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, so now it is time. Let's get into it. Woo! We're uh, halfway through our allotted Piss time. Mm. So let's talk about our our um, our album of the month. <sighs> okay. So Kyle, this is an album that's. Very near and dear to your heart. Oh, I love it. That you were really excited to talk about. So, yeah. you know, how about you intro it?
1: Sure. So uh, this is, we're talking about Jane Wheedland's Fur, uh, 1988 album Fur on EMI, right? I think it's on EMI. And uh, this was... Sure, the, that sounds right. <laughs> yeah, this is the follow-up to her... Um, her I think the first album came out in 1985 or 86. That's just self-titled Jane Weedland mm-hmm. Had the song Blue Kiss, which was which is a great single. Uh, didn't really do much. The album didn't really do much. And just a little bit of background on Jade we- Jane Wheedland. Yeah, let's uh, talk about her. Because yeah. some people
0: might not know who she is, and she's like not very important do. in our universe. Yes, yeah.
1: not enough people do know who she is. Um uh she it's interesting so she it was the rhythm guitarist for the go-go's um, oh, yeah uh every one of
0: my favorite bands that i'm very much in love with yeah
1: i mean what more do we need, even need to say but she was also one of the principal songwriters uh, i'd say along with charlotte caffey and um yep and uh oh, you know here's a, a good way to sort of think about who jane is
0: uh, when they, you know, Our Lips Are Sealed, which is one of the Go-Go's most famous songs, Jane is the one that's singing the bridge, the Hush My Darling Bridge. Hush, my darling, don't you cry. That's Jane. Uh, and she wrote that song based on a affair with Terry Hall from the specials. Yeah, from, it from back the to
1: fucking <laughs> specials. <laughs> <laughs> bringing it back to uh, Second Wave Ska. Yeah. So yeah. It's all coming and, full
0: circle. And they wrote that together, and the specials recorded it as well in a different version. Yes. Oh, yeah. no. Uh, I th-
1: I, th- I think it was uh, Fun Boy 3. Oh, I think, yes, they recorded it as
0: well, but I think oh. there's a version by oh, the really? specials that with Jane on it. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we don't fact check a kick the chute box. <laughs> no, fuck that shit. We just go off of our knowledge. Yeah. Anyway, so that's who Jane is. And she then uh, went into a career after the Go Go's split, a career, an acting career. Well, she
1: she left. She was the first one to leave the go. She was the first one to leave the Go Go. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, um, and so she went off. She did acting. famously, she was Joan of Arc in Bill and Ted's uh, Excellent Adventure. Yeah, which was uh, a year after this album was released. And uh, I don't 89. think she says anything, right?
0: No, but she's so good in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think she's so magnetic in that, oh, in that performance. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because she says that she really, really enjoyed acting and she considered it an experiment, but she feels that she was never a good actor. She said yeah. that in interviews. But I, th- as a child watching her as Joan of Arc, she has a vulnerability that... Uh, just, uh, I definitely remember, you know, I was, um, eight when that film came out and I definitely saw it in theaters and I remember saying to myself,
1: who is that woman yeah, who, I mean, she stole the show and the, and the crazy thing is, is in all the reviews from that time, um, people, people just couldn't stop talking. So actually, yeah, she, the people from that time, they're like, they're like, Oh my God, have you seen this new movie? It's called <laughs> Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Guess what? I'm Robert Criscow, and I love this movie, but who was that beautiful woman, Joan of Arc?
0: Why, Robert, it's me, your fact checker, Ben. Oh! And uh, that was Jane Whedland.
1: Jane Whedland from The Go-Go's? Waga, the- Okay, I'm going to give a Village Voice review of Bing Bong! I love it
0: yes it was a it was an excellent film and uh, did you know that keanu reeves was in that film as well fuck
1: that hot piece of shit i'm talking about jane weedlin i can't wait for her uh next album
0: fur oh yeah fur it's coming out a year ago it's very exciting
1: perfect um yeah no it was uh so she, yeah her she acted a lot um but well, sh- should we should we jump into the album or talk a little bit more about Jane?
0: Uh, just before we talk about the album, I just want to say something that's interesting about it. Um, open your ears to the, open your ears, children. Listen, uh, listen to this. Uh, it was produced by Stephen Hague, who was an American producer. He's still somewhat active. His last credit is from 2014, mm-hmm. but he was really really big during the synth pop era, mm-hmm. and he produced some big hits, which sounds similar to Fur. Yes. Like, he produced West End Girls for Pet Shop Boys.
1: And True Faith for New Order. Yeah. And and
0: also, um... And uh, A Little Little Respect Respect. uh, for Erasure, which is, I I think, one of the best songs ever. Oh, that's...
1: If if you want to get a sense of what our taste is...
0: Yeah, A Little Respect is great. uh, My only complaint about A Little Respect is it's only two and a half minutes long, which makes it very hard to integrate into DJ sets. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, um, and we
0: actually played A Little Respect on the air, but we weren't live oh yeah uh, because we weren't (laughs) you know because we didn't know what we were doing uh, when we got into the studio today so all right Kyle, let's mm-hmm. do this. So we're gonna break it up into some tracks that we wanna talk about. Yeah. Okay, so Kyle, what, what song do you wanna play from this?
1: Um, I wanna play the first track on the album. Yeah, uh, that's
0: totally understandable. Okay it's gorgeous. It's let's amazing. listen to some of it. It's called Inside a Dream. It's was the second single from the album, and right. it's the it's the track that uh that starts off this record. Mm-hmm. All right, well, oh. well, well, okay, so we were talking uh, not on mic during that song, hopefully if we're doing this radio show right, <laughs> but
1: um, that chorus <laughs> is so gorgeous. Yeah, and really intricate and um, lush uh, in a really cool way. Um, I just think it's a great way to start off the album. It's such a pure, airy, um, just... Uh, Yeah, like pure unabashed, um, like 80s pop excellence. You know what makes this work,
0: actually? I I think what makes it work is that the chorus is very airy. Mm -hmm. It's a good use of her vocals, which are breathy Mm -hmm. and light. Uh, which is not necessarily a problem for a pop song, a pop singer. No. Although sometimes we can feel like it is, mm. but, it, it, but you know, it's, she's well multi-tracked on this, on this track, mm-hmm. but then the sequencing and the arrangement is like nice and tight. Yeah. And uh, very uh, glittery. Right. And, and that I think is this album at its, at its best is, is that meld of vocals. And, and in my opinion uh and i think that you're gonna disagree with this um sometimes this album loses its way
1: oh i'm not gonna disagree with that at all (laughs) that's interesting i thought you were gonna be like no i love everything from this oh god
0: no i think the ballads from this are hard to get through they're a little meandery
1: yes but i also think um about the ballads so if we're gonna jump right into it
0: um, yeah yeah yeah, and then we'll go back to this song because this song we need to talk about it more because it's great so yeah
1: (laughs) um i think the ballads i mean in general i'm not a fan of ballads in general, to be, you know, for the most part. Um, but I think... Just, like, a, as, a, as a song choice to yes. write a ballad? Yeah, like... It, wow, well, interesting. If, I mean, in, in the... I'm
0: going to try to bring in a ballad <laughs> that you'll like. Yeah, yeah. I'm,
1: well, I'm saying I'd rather have, a like, a fun, uh, silly, goofy, dancey, funky sure. than... Um, and also, I think, like, around this time, so... Um, we we're, we're two like super ADD guys, but I think this what well to kind of bring it <laughs> back Speak to this for yourself. <laughs> uh, so ins, ins, this this I think is and I think she gets the comparison a lot is kind of Madonna esque. Um, I
0: think this album in particular is is really really feels like circa yeah uh, cherish Madonna, right. which is your well, favorite era of Madonna. Well,
1: cherish is on uh like a um. Uh, on the uh, w- the next um, uh, what like a prayer yeah sort of like a prayer album, which is a lot more of an intricate, um, less like pure electro pop yeah synth pop yeah. uh, Madonna. But Cherish is th- and this and that came out that was 1989, so that was a year after this. So, but Cherish kind of stands out as like classic Madonna from that next album. So I feel like this album kind of took the mantle of what madonna was kind of leaving behind and carried it on in a really awesome way and i think inside a dream is a great example of that um but like madonna like in the late 80s early 90s she started to go really ballady and i yeah think, agreed but uh but but jane Wheedland, i think these um the ballads on here i mean they're not like you know they don't they're not exceptional but they they're not they don't boring and her thing is she's a songwriter first and foremost yep and she it. they are pop songs whereas like uh, the ballads i don't like that are are just let's let this singer go and i just want to show off this instrument yeah their, their their voice and that i hate and that like just like i don't like a 5 minute you know guitar solo i don't like a 5 like like a lot of those big ballads of the like late 80s early 90s um and even beyond are just like boring show off um you know, show off. Well, the... this is
0: sort of you know what this is a kick the Jukebox aesthetic thing. Mm-hmm. Is that we don't like um, music for masturbatory music sake, right? And that's like late seventies rock, you yep. know, like Frampton Comes Alive, right. yep, like that kind of stuff. We don't really like. We yeah. like stuff that sort of has an intention and purpose behind it. Right. That's a little more singular and driven. Right. And uh, yeah, you know, uh, this definitely does fall into the ballad category, but it's very this song well written. I'd say it's like half ballad, half pop, right? Mm, like I wouldn't call like, it a ballad.
1: I think yeah. the yeah.
0: Um, don't you think if you slowed this down? Da- I mean, I mean, this is why it's not slowed down though. Like right. if you slowed this down, it could it could be perhaps.
1: I say the two ballads on this are the end of love and yes. then whatever it takes. This are the is two true. Ballads. This um, is true. I would not call this a ballad. I mean, it's not. It's like mid tempo. Yeah. It's uh. It's a really catchy. The, the 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 melody is pretty tight. Yeah! 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 Um, for sure. So, yeah, I, I think I think this is a great way to start this like frothy uh, milkshake uh, uh, <laughs> milkshake poured down from heaven uh, of an album. Yeah.
0: No, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Inside a dream is, is awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you know, we're, we're keeping ourselves on a tight, tight schedule. What yeah. time is it? Six forty six. All right. Let's do it. Let's listen to the next one. We'll listen to a little. Well, less well, this this is
1: the one you wanted to. Yeah. yeah. I want to talk about
0: the title track Fur.
1: Oh my God! We're gonna have a lot to talk about. Yeah, we'll
0: try to. I don't think it. we're gonna agree. Uh, okay, here we go. Title track fur. <laughs> Yep, Fur, fur, fur. Won't wear fur. Don't do it. (laughs) Won't do it. Won't do it. A little funky. A little bit of funk there.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, All right. So, Kyle, while we were playing it, you were like, we were going to disagree about this song.
1: Well, let's see. I don't know.
0: Okay. So this is my opinion about this. This is one of the most Jane songs on the album. Really? Yes. I'll tell you why. Because, you know, this is very much her personality. She's always been outspokenly liberal. Yeah. Uh, she was a member of the, you know, early LA punk scene. That's where she comes out of. She was around the formation of, you know, X and oh, yeah. um, all of those, all those bands, circle yeah. jerks. Yep. Uh, and she used to go by the name Jane Drano. Mm-hmm. And she also was a fashion designer. Yeah. You know, which is interesting. She so she was in LA. Yeah. So I Won't Wear Fur is, you know, interesting because it's clothing related. Mm-hmm. And she's, uh, uh, you know, an outspoken advocate for animal rights. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, she, I think that she wrote this specifically to make it into a like PETA anthem. <laughs> but like yeah. it's not this is where we're gonna be like, all right. It's not quite, uh, like, catchy enough no. to be used in, like, a PETA commercial. No. And I, they never used it for those purposes.
1: Wait, wait, was it explicitly designed for that?
0: No, but what I'm saying is right. that I totally feel that sure. she wrote this to be an anthem. Right. Almost like a modern folk song And type she named thing. the
1: album after it. She thought, like, she was trying to draw attention to it. Very
0: much so. And that's why I wanted to bring it in and talk about it. Yeah. This is definitely not my favorite thing from this album it's by my- far. Well, it's my least favorite it's, thing on the whole album. It is yeah. really. It's I not your second least favorite. No, uh, because there's it. there's another song on here called Homeboy. Yeah, which, which is, is super an problematic. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: yeah. Uh, Hashtag with,
0: problematic.
1: The uh, the 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 song starts with the line "Who's the flyest in the neighborhood?" Um, that's Homeboy starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Homeboy is a big problem. I was thinking about, uh, but Homeboy is a, at least a little catchier and poppier. This is just, um this song is an embarrassment because this is like <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's like a horrible embarrassment I think it's a pretty bad embarrassment because um the I feel like I, a lot of reviews I read from the time about it she got credit for uh, i the lyrical content like okay yes i it's great that she is saying that and she's not wrong, but the song itself is is like a horrible um it's like a we. It's like a horrible, like empty, um, really corny hip hop beat. And I kind of wish. True. I kind of wish that this song, the lyric lyrical content, had been used for the beat of Homeboy, which could, oh, maybe could have and been then salished. Homeboy
0: could have been scrapped, like the or, entire or, concept of Homeboy, or right? at
1: least maybe um Homeboy, the lyrical content could have been put over this beat. And then uh, the embarrassment would have been, uh, you know, confined to one song rather than spread over two.
0: Yeah. No, that's totally fair. That's valid. Uh, all right. But we I want to move on because the final track we're going to play from this album is a Kick the Jukebox classic. classic. It is... We love this song. We've talked about it before in our podcast format, but there's no reason not to. Uh, Maybe we'll just play this every single Broadcast. Oh, God. Yeah.
1: And (laughs) this is also, this is not only a Kick the Jukebox classic, this is an American classic. I know. This song is,
0: is really, really, really great. And this was a single, and I think it ended up charting at like number eight when it came out. No, this was top ten. But it, should have charted at number one and it should be played all the time everywhere yeah it's called rush hour and it is the fucking tits yeah here it is rush hour (laughs) Woo! Okay, oh man. Oh, it's so. Moving you, move me. It's so gorgeous. You do a. You, I think you could do a really good pop punk cover
1: of that. Oh, big time. I would love to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's. Pr- it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Baby, when we're at the wheel. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, okay, why do we love this song so much? It's the best. <sighs> I don't know, man. It's just perfect.
1: Uh, I keep you ever seen the video of her with the dolphins. Yeah. Swimming so around so dolphins? she's
0: riding around on dolphins. This is a good time to say follow us on social media at <laughs> yeah. uh, kick the jukebox on Instagram at KTJB pod. I think it's podcast uh, on Twitter. Mm. Facebook is just kick the jukebox. Find us there because I've been posting clips <laughs> from this video really? all week oh, on yeah. the Instagram stories because I love it so much. Yeah.
1: So um, um, So good. Yeah. Wow. What is it? I mean, the falsetto in the chorus is just, like, stunningly beautiful. Uh, the, I mean, the production on this is so good. Yeah, my God. <laughs> that... that, that
0: yeah, yeah, that's classic. Also, I think, too... Something that's really interesting about it is it's a very L.A. song. Yeah. In that it's, you know, but she's singing about rush hour like it's a good thing <laughs> yeah, and not yeah. a bad thing. That's you've, so interesting. You've got yeah. me in a rush hour. Right. And that, I think, is one of the things that makes the song so cool. You yeah, know? that's
1: very true. Yeah, because, yeah, the lyrics are, I mean... On a lot of this album, it's just pure. I mean, I don't think they're meant to be. I mean, it's not Dostoevsky, but uh, <laughs> uh, but it's like, yeah, it's a really catchy theme concept, and um, and uh, I think, is there any Belinda song that's better than this?
0: Oh, you know, we're pitting them against each other. Yeah. It's interesting that Blended Carlisle ended up having a better uh, solo career. Yeah. I, I think that maybe, you know, and, and just for listeners, you know, it was she had a big hit with Heaven is a Place on Earth. Mm-hmm. And then what was her other big one? Um, Do you remember?
2: Oh, Kyle, look I'll it up look on your up, phone yeah.
0: while we talk about this. But anyway, but Belinda was the front woman of the Go-Go's. Mm-hmm. And certainly maybe people knew her more from the Go-Go's. And that's why she ended up having a better career post-Go-Go's. But that being said, like... You know, I don't think that her team that was working for her ever wrote anything as good as Rush Hour. No. And, and you know, Head Over Heels is this Broadway show that's all. Mad, right mad About oh, You, yeah, Mad About You. Oh, yeah, Mad About You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right? Uh, right? yeah. And, and that's um, the other big
1: one. And so... She, I mean, she had a bunch of hits. Like, she had huge hits. Yeah, and
0: she was a big pop star. And, yeah, she and, was massive. But she also... Oof. You know what? I actually love Belinda Carlisle. But I, I don't think that she was quite actually as... as um, interesting in terms of, like, her video persona. Like, mm. I love Jane weedland's like, sort of pixie. Yeah, pixie, yeah. But that also, sure. you know, Jane also... She is uh, a out bisexual. Yeah. And there's like a queerness to her, too, that I think maybe I gravitate towards. Well,
1: let's talk about this. I want to talk about yeah, this before. We have a few more minutes. Okay. Re- yeah. Quickly. Um, so what many people may know her from my generation. Yes. She was on The Surreal Life. And yes. before I ever was like really into the... I mean, I knew the Go-Go's or ever knew her. I first saw her on The Surreal Life. And she was portrayed very poorly on that yeah. show. And she... And, like, there's a part of her that always, especially when it came to Belinda, I think she's very insecure uh, about... Her level of success in comparison to the other go in comparison to Belinda Carlisle. Um, there's this horrible clip of both of them on Howard Stern and Howard Stern, you know, back in the day just talking about how hot Belinda is and kind of ignoring Jane. And uh, it it just what a way to pit
0: people against each other who are creative and probably fairly sensitive. Yeah, my god. And I I
1: get the sense that Jane Whedon is very sensitive and very and not super secure. And yeah, um, and I think that comes through in a lot. Uh, uh, you know, in a lot of stuff, but, um, but yeah. And then, but on the show, she revealed that she's like really into BDSM and this was like over 10 years ago, almost 15 years ago. I feel like it was 2005 or something. Um, and the way they portrayed that, she was like a freak. On that show, like, like, whoa, Jamie, like, like, I feel like the soundtrack was like, like, they made her seem like a
0: freak. Yeah, it was an insensitive portrayal of someone who's complex. They made her look
1: really, really, really bad on that show. And I remember, like, being young and not liking her. So, I
0: mean, I guess what we're saying in the last few minutes of this show, I mean, unless... It's looking like there's no one showing up to do mm-hmm. their show, and there might be another show that's going to stream in. But I'm going to hang out while Kyle goes and play some music and stuff because I have a radio station to myself. So Woo-hoo! obviously, yeah. I'm going to get my money's worth. Hell from yeah! It. But let's reclaim Jane Wedlund as oh, yeah. being sort of a, a musical hero, political hero of certain sorts. She's big definitely time. has she's a big Twitter following. Oh yeah, very outspoken oh, against the current Trump regime on Twitter. Good, which is super super cool but you know she should
1: absolutely be cr- reclaimed as a huge badass and you know what else she's like the sailor moon of synth pop she's the sailor moon of, of, yeah. of like power pop because she has a clear and deliberate femininity but she's fucking badass and she's an amazing songwriter she's a one man one one woman uh, army of creativity and talent and a pop fucking icon and she needs to be, I don't know, like put her on, put her on the route, route, Mount Rushmore of kicking
0: ass. Oh man, I think that's a great way to end our talk about her. But yeah, yeah definitely uh, check her out and um, check out the Go Go's. I'll play some Go Go's material. Yeah, now do it because they're great. But we're gonna leave you off with uh, the track we were talking about before because it's so wonderful. It's three and a half minutes of total total bliss. And uh, it is uh, A Little Respect by Erasure. Woo!